0: On today's episode of the Fitness Pain-Free Show, we're going over programming and periodization basics. This is part two on our series of programming and periodization. If you missed part one, I'll leave a link in the show notes in the description. Make sure you listen to that before you get moving on. Before we get going, I do have a freebie. It's an evidence-based guide to programming and periodization. It's a cheat sheet. You know I love to make these cheat sheets. I've taken all of the most important principles of today's lesson. I put them together a nice PDF to Give you all the bullet points. This is 100% free. I'll put a link in the show notes in the description. Go ahead and check that out and download it hundred percent free. It's going to help you a lot both as we go through this presentation. And later, if you want to check back and say, oh, what the heck did Dan say three months ago, whenever you need it, welcome to the fitness pain-free show. This is where we help coaches and clinicians like yourself, get your patients out of pain and back in the gym where they belong. So what is the optimal rep range to build hypertrophy in your patients? So I do want to say that a lot of the research on strength, hypertrophy, power, and endurance, it's not in patients that have pain. It's in normal, healthy folks, sometimes trained, sometimes untrained, right? There's a lot of variables we don't really know for sure. Um, When I tell you the best rep range is for hypertrophy in your patients, I don't know if it's the best range for someone that has a post-op ACL reconstruction surgery. We simply don't have all the research for that. So what I'm doing is I'm extrapolating from the strength conditioning research for normal, healthy folks without ACL reconstruction. Right. So generally speaking, lighter loads, let's say around 30 percent of your one rep max have about the same opportunity to increase hypertrophy as higher loads. So up to a one rep max. Right. That may sound crazy if you went to school around the same time I did, because back when I was in school and when I was a young meathead trying to be the biggest, strongest guy in the world, I read lots of magazines and I also went to school and they talked about these optimal set and rep ranges for strength versus hypertrophy versus endurance versus power, right? And over the course of time, more and more research came out. You know what they found? So as long as you equate volume, doesn't really matter how heavy the load is anywhere between around 30% to 100% of your one rep max, right? So let's say you're doing five total sets on a given day and you do five sets of five, versus five sets of 10 versus five sets of 20, you're going to have the same improvement in hypertrophy, right? And that is not what I learned in school, but that is what our science is now saying. One thing I will say is that as a physical therapist, heavier loads for a lot of folks that have pain problems usually aren't tolerated very well. So one of the biggest modifications that I use for my patients is I take the reps, I bring them way up. Because usually when you bring the reps way up, the loads have to go down. If you have a patient that's load intolerant, which is going to be most of them that are coming to see you, then they're probably going to be able to train with minimal pain, feel really good, and progress with their hypertrophy at the same rate as if they were doing heavy lifting, right? And that's really powerful for your patients. You probably should tell them that, too, because they're probably bummed out that they can't bench press heavy, and they think you're going to shrink away into nothing, okay? And that's not the case. There's also a potential benefit of varied rep ranges. So let's say you're trying to build out someone's quads, okay? And in the program, you do five sets of five of squats. So squats obviously target the quads, and then you do three sets of eight of lunges, and then after that, you do three sets of fifteen knee extensions. So they're all quad exercises, but different rep ranges. And what our research is showing is if you vary like this, you may build more hypertrophy over the course of time as opposed to doing three sets of 10, three sets of 10, three sets of 10. So one little known secret to maximize hypertrophy is to hit the like button and subscribe to the channel. You will be incredibly jacked if you decide to do this. Plus it helps me out a lot. How many sets are optimal for maximizing hypertrophy or muscle group? So generally speaking, more sets means more gains. When you look at research, it compares around 20 to 30 repetitions it tends to build more muscle mass than below 10 repetitions, but there's probably some sort of ceiling effect. and Maybe it's a little bit different from person to person. How well can you recover? How well are you recovering? Things like sleep, maybe how many calories you're taking throughout the course of the day, whether or not you're taking anabolic steroids. There's probably a lot that goes into what the optimal amount of sets is for each individual. So Baz Vaught et al in 2020, looked at a strength training program and they were doing lifts that stressed the quads as well as the upper body, namely the triceps. And what they found is that the optimal rep range for building muscle mass in the quads was 12 to 20 sets. If you did above 20 sets, the increase in hypertrophy wasn't there anymore. So if you did 12 sets versus doing 28 sets, the result was the same. So it seems like the folks are doing above 20, maybe they're wasting their time a little bit, right? However, the folks that were doing under 12 reps, excuse me, 12 sets, didn't have as much hypertrophy. Gergic et al. in 2021 was looking at low volume training, so under 16 sets, moderate volume training, so 24 sets, and high volume training at 32 sets. And what he found is that the 24 and 32 set group both performed the same. So again, low volume doesn't do as well as moderate to high volume. So probably it depends on upper versus lower body. There may be some variables that are important. If I'm really trying to maximize hypertrophy for my patients, I'm usually thinking about doing somewhere between 20 and 24 sets for the muscle group, as long as it's well tolerated in that person. So how does perceived intensity affect hypertrophy and strength? Well, first and foremost, what is perceived intensity? So it's basically RPE or rate of perceived exertion. So when you finish up your set, let's say you do 10 repetitions, 135 on the bench press, how would you rate the difficulty of that set on a scale of zero to 10, right? The other variable that I change all the time with my athletes is reps in reserve. So when you finish a set of 10 repetitions on the bench press, how many more reps do you think that you could have done, okay? And this is a way to kind of get a gauge on how close people are pushing towards failure. Generally speaking, and this is great news for folks that have pain, You don't have to push to failure to maximize both strength and hypertrophy, right? This is good news because you're going to have a lot of bonehead patients that come to you with shoulder pain, knee pain, low back pain. And what they're doing is they take every single set in the gym to failure. Somewhere along the lines, they got this idea that the harder I work, the more muscle I gain, right, the stronger I get. And I tell you what, that's, you know, that's true in a lot of things in life. The harder you work, the more outcome you get. However, at least in strength training, you don't have to push to absolute failure. And one of the reasons why I think that's good is because if you're constantly pushing to failure over and over and over again, you might get your way into some overuse injuries, injury of sorts. It's it's not fun. You might end up finding yourself with an injury simply because you're just pushing too hard for your body. So guys, if you like what you're learning about so far, then I want you to go and check out the fitness pain-free mini course. So I made a mini course. It's absolutely free. That's the next logical step if you want to learn more from me. So in the course, we go over five lessons. That first lesson is how traditional schooling has failed us, right? So schooling is phenomenal from a physical therapy perspective, but doesn't really teach you how to work with high level athletes in the fitness world, right? Doesn't always teach you how to do the lifts appropriately. Doesn't teach you about progressions and regressions of common lifts within the gym. Doesn't teach you how to program normally, how to write rehab programs or how to write injury prevention programs for these folks. Next thing we go over, seven reasons why people get hurt in the gym. Four simple steps again. your clients out of pain. How to build the career of your dreams and earn the respect of your community. It's all well and good if you know exactly how to work with folks within the gym. But if you can't get these folks through the door on a regular basis, then you're simply not going to be living the dream that you want to, because you can't get the patients through the door that you want to work with. Okay. So I'll show you how to do that. And lastly, we'll talk a little bit about the fitness pain-free certification, right? So I'll leave a link in the show notes. I definitely recommend checking this out. Once you sign up for the fitness pain-free mini course, you will be automatically placed in the wait list for the fitness pain-free certification. Now, the Fitness Pain-Free Certification is the course, the certification that I wish I had as a new grad that fills in all the gaps in knowledge that you don't get in physical therapy school. So, A, you'll gain complete confidence working with injuries in the strength and fitness world. You'll learn optimal technique for both health and performance from myself and some of the best coaches in the world. You'll master programming for rehabilitation and injury prevention. Have fun while earning a whole bunch of physical therapy and physical therapy assistant credits. You have 31.5 of those. You'll also gain NSCA credits as well as CrossFit credits if you need those. This is the equivalent of a university education in working with injuries in the weight room. I really believe that. I've been adding to this thing over the past five or six years. It's massive, a ton of phenomenal information. And lastly, the biggest goal is just to fill your day with the patients you love working with and building the respect and admiration of the communities you love working with. So I'll leave a link in the show notes, sign up for the fitness pain-free mini course. The certification is open four times per year for one week to enroll into. If you're on the wait list by signing up for the fitness pain-free mini course, I'll alert you when that next enrollment period is open and you can get started. Let's get back to the show now. So guys, that is it for the lesson today, but that is not it for your learning. So when you graduate as a physical therapist, sometimes you're not in your dream job and I get it. It takes a lot of effort to work in the population you want and really look forward to the patients that you see every single day. So I made a lesson for you. It's another fitness pain-free show. It's called five steps to earning the respect of your community, and building the career of your dreams. We'll just dive deep on this subject so you can start working with the population that you love. This way, every single Sunday, you won't have the Sunday scaries because you don't want to go into work Monday morning because you got a whole bunch of patients on your panel that you don't feel like working with. Let me show you how to track the population that you love working with so every single day you love your life, right, and you love your work. So go ahead and click on this link above and get started on that lesson. That is it for today's episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed, and I'll see you on the next one. Lastly, thank you. Thank you so much for your support. You truly allow me to do what I love for a living. If you're watching this on YouTube, please hit that like button comment. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Am I missing anything? I'd love to hear comments on this. Please subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And if you're listening to the podcast version of this video, Please leave me a positive rating and review. It helps me out tremendously. If you want to go that extra step and support me further, please consider subscribing to Fitness Pain Free Insiders. It's a comprehensive educational resource and toolkit for the fitness and rehab professional. Think Netflix, but for trainers and physical therapists. It's premium content from me. I update this every month. I've been doing it for the past five years. It's an absolute ridiculous amount of information. You've got over 100 webinars, eBooks, and complete guides. You have access to a private Facebook group to have all your questions answered by me. You can decide some upcoming podcast topics. I'd love to answer questions that you have. So you get started for $1 for a week trial. After that, it's $12.99 per month, right? Dirt cheap. It is a no-brainer if you want to try to learn more from me. So I'm going to leave a link in the show notes. You can check that out. You can also head to fitnesspainfree.com, click on the programs link, and click on Fitness Pain Free Insiders Online Library to get started. All right, you won't be disappointed. Kristovic in 2019 found that you can have a rep in reserve of three to four repetitions and still build strength and muscle mass. Gurgik et al. in 2021 found that if you train to failure versus not train to failure, you actually had a slightly better effect if you didn't push to failure. Now, this is going to vary based on the study that you look at, but at least to me, this is a great option for physical therapists because largely when folks come to see you, they're load intolerant. A great way to reduce load and still press towards optimal strength and hypertrophy is lowering the RPE or increasing the reps in reserve, right? Great thing that we can do as physical therapists. So what is the best rep range to maximize strength in the gym? Generally speaking, the more your rep range goes closer to 100% or a one rep max, the greater their improvements in strength. As you go closer and closer to 0%, usually strength gained goes down. I'm taking a lot of this research from a meta-analysis from Schoenfeld et al. in 2021. And what he had said in the discussion is largely that as the reps go closer to a one rep max, so kind of that one to five rep range, generally speaking, the gains in strength go up, but here's the other piece. You can actually still gain some strength with very low rep ranges. So even down to 20 or 30% of your one rep max. Okay. So it's not like one to five rep range is going to be the best for strength and eight to 12, you gain absolutely no strength. And then anything above that is just a waste of time. You're going to be building strength all along the spectrum, but it's a little bit better once you get closer to the one rep max. The other piece is that in some of these studies they actually showed that as the reps got lower it didn't increase strength gains compared to the reps being a little bit higher so let's say 10 to 20 rep max right so the thing is if you want to increase strength we can probably get a little closer to one rep max we probably don't have to okay this is also pretty nice for physical therapists because again we're dealing with load intolerant people these folks can't handle 80, 90, 100% of the one rep max. If we take that number down and do some more repetitions, maybe we're not increasing strength as much as we'd like to, but we're pretty dang close. They're getting a train effect. They're still getting a lot of hypertrophy. A lot of good stuff is still going on. And if you pick the right exercises, they are probably also getting out of pain at the same time. So how many sets of a given movement should you do to maximize strength? So if I want to improve my bench press, how many sets should I do throughout the course of a week? Now, this is actually a really cool question because a lot of us want to build strength. We're dealing with a lot of powerlifters, Olympic weightlifters, folks where increasing strength is actually very, very important. Generally speaking, higher volume programs are going to lead to greater gains in strength compared to lower volume programs, right? So Ralston et al. in 2017 was looking at low, medium, and high volume programs. So essentially, less than five sets, five to nine sets, or over 10 sets. And what they found is that there's a dose response. So the higher your sets go, the larger the increases in strength, right? One of the questions I had is that, well, what if you do 15 or 20 or 25 or 30? I'm assuming there's probably some sort of ceiling effect. And for a lot of athletes that i work with, this is really curious for me because I would like to know at what point Are they just diminishing returns. We're not getting a whole lot out of those sets and we're just increasing our risk of injury because we're doing lots and lots of heavy loading, right? So it seems like five, 10, 15, 15 is going to be the best. However, it does seem like there's a dose response. So the more sets you do, the greater the improvement in strength. For that post-op ACL reconstruction, probably need to be doing 15 plus sets of a given exercise to maximize strength there. So what is the optimal frequency for maximizing both hypertrophy and strength? Well, first, if you do a given exercise for more sets, more times throughout the course of the week, leads to greater improvements. So if I bench press for five sets on Monday versus bench press for five sets on Monday, five on Wednesday, five on Friday, your frequency is three days versus one day. The group that performs bench press three days per week is going to have a greater effect in both hypertrophy and strength. However, once you equate the volume, then that change goes away. So let's say you do 15 sets of bench press. I know that's ridiculous, but bear with me. If you do 15 sets of bench press on Monday and then you don't bench press again until the following Monday versus another group of individuals that do five sets of bench press on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, both of you guys have done 15 total sets. And believe it or not, the improvements you get with strength and hypertrophy are actually the same. Now, this one was actually pretty surprising to me to hear, because if you've ever tried 15 sets on a given day, which I definitely don't recommend, your 14th and 15 sets are going to look like garbage compared to your first three. Right. So the quality is definitely going to drop over the course of time. And I kind of figured that strength would not be optimized. However, that wasn't the case with these studies. But from a practical standpoint, it makes sense to split these things up across a week. The other thing to think about is that if you have a patient with a pain problem, let's say low back pain, if I do all of their low back intensive exercises on Monday, they're probably going to be pretty dang sore, maybe have a flare up, feel worse compared to if I spread that volume across the week. So maybe Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, I split up all of those exercises and have a nice even amount of stress throughout the course of the week that may help. ever heard of the acute to chronic workload ratio? Essentially spikes in training volumes so doing a lot in a given week compared to what you're not used to in the past can increase your risk of injury. If you're doing a lot on a given day, that represents a spike in training volume of a given week. So at least in my opinion, I don't have the research to back this up. Spreading things out across the week is probably going to be a little bit nicer for your patients. They don't get flared up doing 15 steps of bench press on Monday. So now you know how to periodize for an athlete who has low back pain, but you still don't know the good exercises to get out of pain. However, I have a really nice video that's going to show you exactly how to do that. So I want you to go ahead and click a link. I think it's in that corner over there. And you can go over five great exercises for low back pain. I'll see you on that video. If you guys want to check out the references, I know you can't see them right now. They're too tiny. I really delved through the literature on this one. I'm a nerd about this stuff. I love it. If you want to check those out, again, link in the show notes, all right, in the description. Check those out. Leave a comment. If you think any of these studies are stupid, great. Let me know. I want to hear it. And again, thank you. Thank you so much for your support. It's truly folks like you that allow me to do what I love for a living. I really mean that. It's so cool that I get to learn and share and grow as a physical therapist, share the information for you. And because of that, I can support my own career. Awesome. If you want to go that extra step and really support me, hit that like button, leave a comment and subscribe it helps with the algorithm. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, please consider leaving a five-star review because the podcast is amazing. Plus it also helps me out tremendously. If you want to take your learning to the next level, I recommend subscribing to Fitness Pain-Free Insiders. It is an online library for strength and fitness professionals who want to master working with injuries in the gym. All this information is updated by me every month for the past 5 years ago. You can get started for just $1. Great information, definitely go check it out.